Welcome, welcome, fans of Florpa, Bobby Wonder, and fans of me. <laughs> Grabsack. We are back with another mathematic challenge, and today's challenge is especially special because it comes with a special guest. Oh, that's right, Mr. Snoot has stopped by today to help us solve our math problems, which is good because today's questions are all candy-related. Thanks for joining us today, Mr. Snoot. How are you doing? I'm fine. This isn't going to take long, is it? Calm down. It takes as long as it takes. Anyway, where was I? Oh, right. The Mathomatic. As usual, Carl, the station manager, will print off three questions. But today, Mr. Snood will be reading them to you. And then I'll be solving them with you. We get ten seconds to solve each round. And Can we make it five? I have places to be, you know. No, we cannot make it five. Ten seconds. Those are the rules. And in fact, my faithful audience, if you need more, time, feel free to pause the show. We don't mind waiting. Well, actually... I said we don't mind waiting. Okay, well, without further ado, let's get started, shall we? Starting with round one. Take it away, Mr. Snood. All right, all right. Round one's question is... Timmy's dad gives him $14 to split between him and his brother so they can buy some candy. How much do they each get to spend on candy? Ten seconds on the clock. Let's get solving. Let's see here. <clears throat> okay, if Timmy's dad is splitting $14 between him and his brother, then they will have to divide it by two. So 14 divided by two is, well, Mr. Snood? $7 each for candy. Which isn't enough, if you ask me. Why can't they have $50 to spend on candy? I would prefer to take their 50. Well, the answer's seven, so that means we got round one in the bag. So let's move on to round two, shall we? Round two. The question is, if ring pops cost 50 cents, how many ring pops can they each buy? Ten seconds on the clock. Let's go, people. You too, Mr. Snood. Come on. Okay, so Timmy and his brother each have $7 now, and the ring pops cost 50 cents. Huh, that seems rather tricky. Mr. Snood, do you have any input here? Well, of course I do. You have to divide 50 cents into seven. The easiest way is to move the decimal two places to the right so you have two whole numbers and divide seven by 50. Then what do you get? Oh, I know. Hold on, carry the decimal, move it on over, and the answer is flapples. No, 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 that's not even remotely right. You need to do long division. See, if you divide 7 into 50, then you get 0 0.14, 0.14. And then you just move the decimal point over two places to the left, because that's how many we moved it to the right. And then what do you get? Is the answer flapples now? No, it's not flapples. The answer is 14. We all got it right. Good job, people. Let's move on to the final round. Oh, whatever. Round three. The question is, 
Timmy and his brother arrive at the candy store at 4.30, and they are in the store for 35 minutes. What time is it when they leave with all of their candy? Ten seconds are on the clock. Here we go. All right. Did everyone get the answer? I'm pretty sure I'm right on the money with this one, Mr. Snood. What'd you get? Well, if Timmy and his brother arrived at the store at 4.30 and they stayed for 35 minutes, then that means they left at 5.05. Which is past closing time, which is my cue to go. Well, I never! I mean, well, thank you, Mr. Snood, for being on our show today. He's waving goodbye right now, everybody, but he definitely did not leave before the show was over. No, no, no. No, he didn't. But regardless of Mr. Snood's manners, we knocked another three rounds out of the park. Good job, solvers. Welcome, welcome, one and all, to the GrabStack Radio Show Mathematic Edition. And today we are coming to you live on location at the Pflugerville Junkyard, but that's not all. We're also joined by our very special guest, Marty, the junkyard owner. I will say that when I started this radio show, I was sure I would play host to a revolving door of the upper echelon of Pflugerville High Society, rubbing elbows with the esteemed elites that make our fair city run, being wined and dined by the very best, but... Instead, I'm down here at the junkyard. I don't got any wine, but I got some pork rinds if you're hungry. That's very generous of you, Marty. That's not what I meant by wine, but I try to avoid eating anything that's made of rind. (sighs) Well, shall we get on with the show? We are patched into Carl at the studio, who will be feeding us questions through our earpieces, and then we'll share them with you all at home. The rules of the mathematic are simple. Three rounds of questions... Ten seconds for each question to nail it to the wall. That's just an expression. I don't recommend you're nailing your math to the wall. (laughs) Just writing it down is probably good enough. Although I'd like to draw little hearts around my answers when I get them right. Ooh, and speaking of writing it down, I do recommend a paper and a pencil for this game. Do you have yours at home? If not, go get them. Do you have yours, Marty? Nah, nah, I don't need them. If it's numbers, I do it in my head. Well, that sounds perfectly impossible, but I'll take your word for it because we need to get this show on the road. Well, listeners, as you may have guessed from our special location, today's questions will be all related to Marte's Junkyard. I hope you like counting cars that are missing their left passenger tire because that's what we'll be doing. (laughs) All right, let's get started. Round one. Marty, will you do the honors? What? Oh, me? Oh, yeah, sure. All right, kids. There are 20 cars on the east side of the junkyard. Each car is missing one tire. How many tires are on the east side of the junkyard? Ten seconds on the clock. Let's get solving. Okay, let's see. There are 20 cars on the east side of the junkyard, and they're all missing one tire. See, didn't I say there'd be questions about cars all missing their tires? That's what a good host does. He delivers on his promises. Can you imagine if the cars were missing two tires each? Oh, my journalistic integrity would be worth less than a penny at a quarter convention. Uh, Is this how you always solve math problems? Yes, Marty. It's called a process. And mine is perfectly reasonable. Anyway, 
What were we talking about again? Oh, yes, tires. I think the answer is rubber all the way. I mean, it would just be a bit gaudy if you got porcelain tires. Does that sound right to you, Marty? What? No, 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 no. The answer is 60. If you have 20 cars and they're all missing one tire, that means you have to multiply 3 times 20, which makes 60 tires on the east side of the junkyard. Right, that's what I said. Oh, I love it when we all get the same answer. Okay. <laughs> Moving on to the next question, round two. Sticking with our cars missing tires theme, if there were 20 cars on the east side of the junkyard and they're all missing one tire, how many tires does Barty need to rustle up to make them drivable again? 10 seconds on the clock. Here we go. Did you get the answer, Grabstack? Well, of course I got the answer. Who do you think you're talking to? Someone who did schmath for years and who is only now learning how earth math works? Uh, yeah, maybe. Well, you're not. I just want to see what you got first so I can know that we both got the same answer. Uh, well, yeah, sure. The answer is 20. Because there are 20 cars and they all need one more tire to run. Is that what you got, too? Naturally. Let me just check my paper here. Oh, yes, see, look, 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 look. I wrote down 22. Uh, that looks like you wrote down cherry pie with cinnamon flapples. Stop looking at my paper. Anyway, did you get 20 at home, too, kids? Excellent. So did I. Let's move on. Take it away for the third round, Marty. Okay, here it goes. There are 122 cars in the whole junkyard. If I use the crusher to smash 23 of them into scrap metal, how many cars are left in the junkyard? 10 seconds on the clock. Let's do this. Okay, this one I definitely know. If you have 122 cars and you smoosh 23 of them with your smoosh machine... Uh, it's called a crusher? Yeah, I'm pretty sure it's called a smoosh machine. Marty, who's the expert here, you or me? Well, you well, uh, you... That's right, it's me. Anyway, you'd have 99 cars left. Hey, that's, uh, that's actually right. Good job, Grabstack. Well, thank you, Marty. There hasn't been a mathematic that has stumped me yet. How about everyone at home? Did you get all the answers? Ooh, I bet you did. And that's our time for today. Thank you, Marty, for helping us out with our math problems this week. Although next time I hope you'll come to the studio, your junkyard is uh, <clears throat> a bit of a, well, shall we say, uh, <clears throat> Kind of stinky. Oh, no, 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 no. That's just my puppy. He rolled in something earlier today, and oh, boy. <laughs> yeah, you're right. He uh, he smells terrible. Well, if you thought that was somehow better, <laughs> it isn't. On that note, listeners, don't forget to come back tomorrow for our weekly Riddle Fest where we challenge our twisty-turny puzzle brains. Oh, I hope you're all as excited as I am. Welcome back, loyal listeners, to another episode of the Grabstack Radio Show! 
It's that time again, the time where we fire up the mathematic and go head to head with the magnificent machine as it tries to outsmart us with its math prowess. Well, the mathematic may have been specifically designed to invent and solve math problems, but we have math prowess too, don't we? I know I am definitely getting better at math myself. Why, just the other day, someone asked me how many oranges I was holding, and of course the answer was six, but the question startled me so much that I dropped three. Fortunately, I knew math, so I could answer that I was now only holding three. Math! It's endlessly applicable to real life, people. The rules of the mathematic are very simple. For three rounds, I read you a question from the mathematic, and then we will try to solve it together. We got 10 seconds to solve the question, but if you need more time, feel free to pause the show. I don't mind waiting. Ooh, I think I hear the mathematic firing up in the next room, which means it's almost time to start. Oh, and one last thing. Do you have a pencil and a paper handy? I highly recommend them. It makes a world of difference. I tried to do math with a duck and a loaf of bread, and while the conversation was stimulating, we did not complete any math problems. So pencil and paper are the ticket. All right, let's get this show on the road, people. Round one. First question is, Bobby wants to fly higher than he's ever flown before. He thinks his highest height is 50 meters. He wants to fly 10 meters higher than that, but he only gets halfway past 10 meters. How many meters up has Bobby flown? 10 seconds on the clock. Let's get solving. Bobby Wonder wants to fly higher than he's ever flown before, does he? Well, I hope he's flying solo, because I have no interest in flying higher than he's ever flown. Although, since Bobby doesn't fly anywhere without me, I'm guessing I'm part of this little debacle, too. Oh, boy. Very well. Let's see how high he's taken me this time. So, he's already flown 50 meters, and he wants to fly 10 meters higher, but he only gets halfway. Well, okay, this question is a little tricky, because he only flies half of his goal, not half of his highest height, which means he only flies half of 10 meters, which would be five meters. So, all together, let's see, five plus the 50 he's already flown, he's flown 50 meters up. Well, that just sounds like too many meters to me. How does he think he's ever going to get back from down there? I mean, up there. <laughs> Let's move right along to the next round. I don't even think I want to think about it anymore. Round two, the question is, there are three feet in a meter. How many feet high did Bobby fly? Hmm. I'd like my listeners to know that I'm giving Carl, the station manager, the stink eye right now because I have a sneaking suspicion he has programmed the mathematic to try to waylay my intellectual superiority by the age-old tactic of psyching me out by bringing up all this being up high business. Well, it won't work, Carl. I'm impervious to being psyched out. Okay, now where were we again? Oh, oh, God. I completely lost my train of thought. Right, question two. There are three feet in a meter. How many feet high did Bobby fly? Ten seconds are on the clock. Let's go, people. Okay, there are three feet in a meter, you say. Well, that's good, because... 
I did not know what a meter was. I mean, I do know what a meter is. It's the cadence with which one writes and recites magnificent poetry, but somehow I just don't know that applies to anything that Bobby's doing in this question. Wouldn't it be great instead of flying super high, though? We were reciting poetry somewhere closer to the ground. I know I would be highly interested in that. Oh, that was just a little joke for y'all. See, Carl, your plan is failing. I'm still able to crack jokes in the face of extreme adversity, namely these terrifying prospects of questions. Oh, but what were we doing again? Oh, yes, yeah, solving math problems. Let's see here. Okay, Bobby flew 55 meters, and there are three feet in a meter, which means we have to multiply the whole kitten caboodle by three. So, let's do that now. Carry this five, move that over, write a reminder to ask Miss Paperclip for her script changes, and voila! The highest Bobby Wonder has flown is 165 feet. Oh, well, that can't be right. I'm sure we've flown higher than that before, but Carl's nodding his head, so while the facts may be wrong, the math is right, people. That's three times 55, 165 feet. And right now, that's all that really matters. Moving on to round three, the final question is. A super fudge sundae with extra frozen bananas and ice cream costs $3. How many sundaes does Bobby have to buy a grab stack for him to forgive him about that flying stunt? Well, that's not really what the mathematics said, but I'm sure it is what I say. Sometimes you have to implement a little grab stack etiquette into your math, because if one's going to go flying around with their friends higher than they need to fly without any prospects of landing, well, the decent thing to do is buy them a sundae or two to make up for it. So, how many Sundays would Bobby have to buy for me to forgive him? Well, let's be honest, the answer is zero. Because he's my best friend. And again, if we're being honest, five Sundays wouldn't go amiss. The first two are to forget what just happened. The next three are for flavor. It's the perfect number. And isn't it always nice to help your friends feel better? I sure think so. Well, that's all we have for today, listeners. Everyone gets a point for the last question because it really was a trick one, which means you got the first two right. We went three for three once again. We really are math geniuses around here, aren't we? Oh, don't forget to come back tomorrow for a weekly riddle fest. It's great fun and Riddling is always more fun with friends. And while you're waiting, do you like spooky stories that make you shiver? Then you will love R.L. Stein's Story Club. I know I sure do. I like to listen to him under a blankie with a flashlight and my monster socks on just in case any monsters try to come and get me. Just search for R.L. Stein's Story Club at GoKidGo.com or wherever you listen to your podcast and get your blanket ready. See you next time. Grabstick, signing up. Go, kid, go. 